1: Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. For Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists, and for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage.
2: Yeah, Welcome to Off The Bench. Uh, Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews here. G'day, Scotty.
3: Oh, the footy. Mm. How good was it that the footy was back? Mm -hmm. So excited all uh, all of this week, but when it finally came kick-off time, I didn't care there were no fans, Jace, in the stands. I just knew that we got to call Rugby League on NRL Nation and also get to talk about some pertinent points now as opposed to talking about a lot of the off-field uh, scenarios that have been shaping up uh, to get the game back on the field. Yeah, the Bronx and Sherry scenario, the oh. Cody Walker scenario, whatever it may be, that gets all pushed into the background now and we can talk about the really important stuff.
2: Yeah. Look, isn't it funny? We'll get to the Bronson Sherry thing in, in a moment, but... Uh, he's uh, sample A. Um, he's been given a um, a suspension. Um, waiting on the results of sample B. But a sadder of the bad people, isn't not that interesting? Out of all that, it's I know. just but 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 and quite rightly so. I think there's some questions that need to be answered around that as well. And we'll get to that. In just a sec. A few things happening today. First of all, welcome back, Bob Jane T. Uh They're back on board as well. Um, 25% off and up to $100 cash back on selected brands. Best tyre price guaranteed. And also our great mates at Hastings Deering for the best cat equipment, parts and service. Hastings Deering, your advantage. Um, you think now that the footy's back, uh, my renovations at home, Sats? No. Nah. No, not done. Well, can I just say, you know that I did a lot of renovations on my place. Yeah, before you sold it. Sold it in five days. So you're saying I should sell my house and just let... Do the renovations. I don't want to do... That doesn't need renovating. Another truck turned up today with stuff for the house. And it's like, what's going on here? It ended up being something for work here. But (laughs) it's like, I'm going, what she bought now? You know, with my mates out the front who are building a new wall. And I go, every day, guys, story of my life. TV comes out of the back. It's for our office. <laughs> it's a plasma. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, listen, book a free online consultation with Beaumonts. Our friends at Beaumont Tiles have come on board. And we're going to give away two bathroom makeovers valued at $10,000. This is going gangbusters, this competition. I got the, uh, the, the lowdown on this yesterday, Sats. All you have to do is head to ICanWin.com.au. That's not Ben I Can Win. It's ICanWin.com.au. Upload a pic of your ugly bathroom that needs a makeover and tell us what your wants style It's That's two is. bathrooms.
3: Not one, two.
2: Yeah, but you don't get to. No, but they're giving You're away right. too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. they at $10,000 each. Choose Beaumont's. We're here to help you get your reno done online or on in store.
1: Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week.
2: Rightio. Uh, as we said, footy's back. Mm. Um, who would have thought 67 days ago when the pin was pulled on all sport, but in particular rugby league, that, uh, May 28 was announced by Peter Volandis, and all of a sudden, it's here. Can I say, I know Peter Volandis has been the real flag
3: bearer. He's the, he's the one that's put the flak jacket on. He's gone out in front of the media. He's gone and met with stakeholders. He's got tremendous relationships with government representatives, government bodies, and that's why he can make those phone calls at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and get these important people, the stakeholders that I talk of, he can get them direct. And this is the difference between both he and maybe other administrators in other sports. They don't have that that connection, that access, that and immediate him, access.
2: And him and Todd Greenberg, let's be honest. I mean, we've heard stories that Todd Greenberg was trying to do deals with Channel 7. We had, we had uh, behind everyone's back, Todd Greenberg. We'll talk about the broadcasting rights shortly, but... Um, Sorry, uh, Peter Volandes sat down and convinced Channel 9 and Foxtel that, you know, you need to invest in the game long term for it to come back because, mate, the game was nearly broke. Well, Volandes is about relationships. Absolutely. That's all he's about. It's yep. about relationships.
3: And he knows that Channel 9 has been a tremendous partner of rugby league for a lot of years. And he realises that at very worst, they need to be given last ride of refusal. So he he squeezed every bit of... Every bit of juice out of the lemon with Channel Nine to see whether mm. they still want to stay involved. And and they did to their credit. They said, Listen, we'll just go to the end of twenty twenty two. Yeah. We'll read the room, survey the land, see what it's like. But behind Peter Valandis, we've got to remember we've got Wayne Pierce and his Project Apollo committee, the steering committee behind that, that have been working endlessly also to to try and get the game back on the on the field. So there's been a lot of key people involved. Is he and the possible it, CEO? Oh, I think he'll be thrown into the mix. Uh, Andrew Abdo, the role that he's doing right now, if if Valandis is willing to stay on as the ARLC or the chairman, chairman, th- there's no reason why Abdo can't continue being the CEO in more of a commercial, marketing, financial role as opposed to the role of Valandis, who plays a real hands-on football role. So, um, how that makeup looks, not quite sure whether Valandis wants to continue in that role at that capacity we're not quite sure he's always been on the commission we know that but he's never been the chairman he's been he's, pre- he's pretty hands
2: on for a chairman isn't he like, well he, he said he
3: was never going to be hands on until had to be. someone had to yeah. had to pull the trigger and and on many cases he's had to be had to be pulled in but uh, it all culminated in that game with the broncos and Parramatta, which ended up being an amazing spectacle and the perfect way for the competition to return um,
2: what did you think of that game <laughs> outstanding yeah, it wasn't it good? And and again, we're going to talk about uh, referees and all that sort of shortly, but it, it was amazing. Do you you think- know what, it
3: had everything other than controversy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you think the AFL are feeling today? Well, I think the AFL have always, Jace, I've,
3: and this is all credit to them, actually. I know that there's been a lot of – Jared Healy, one of our work colleagues, has, has been quite vocal in the AFL's inability to take a step forward – sitting on their hands. But Gillam McLaughlin, who is a fine administrator, I might add, I think what he has done is he's gone, you know, rugby league's going to be the litmus test. We're just going to sit back and see how this all plays out from rugby league. But land. that's a
2: big mistake, Sats. But,
3: but at the end of the day, this, as soon as AFL bounces off on June 11, it's all back and going anyway. Everyone everyone forgets who started first. Everyone just remembers that the product is back. AFL fans won't care that rugby league started in May twenty eight when Richmond and Collingwood bounce off on June 11. They won't care. They just know the footy's back, we're happy and we're going that. to get some product.
2: I understand that, but I would question I would question the leadership shown by the AFL to sit back, watch what the NRL does, then make decisions. And remember, people say, well, you've got five states that play Aussie rules. Yes, you do. However, Peter Vallandi's had to work with federal governments to get the Warriors mm. back in the country. Now our borders are closed internationally, yep. and for that to happen, that's a pretty big thing. And also to get Anastasia Palaszczuk to allow teams to cross the border, he's also had to get players to get immune uh, to to have flu injections. He, he he's had to work at all sorts of level. I would actually argue that. Uh, I don't know. If I was a big AFL supporter, and I, I can't know, I'm I a swan supporter, I'm actually disappointed in the AFL, mate, that they've just been sitting back watching and waiting.
3: Well, good, big businesses sometimes do that. They'll sit back and see what their competitor does. Yeah, but that, this is a very competitive but, world. And they'll decide, they'll decide whether they can improve the return of their product or their business, whatever it may be. Or they'll be the status quo. They'll just follow follow suit. Because you know 2020 is a completely different year. Right, it's I get a completely that. different year. But
2: Sats, they've also had seven weeks yeah. to work on that stuff. Yep. It's not y- as if it, the gain's been down for two weeks. Yeah, but we're not not—we're not dealing with something that can be can be
3: fixed overnight. Well,
2: yeah, well, well Peter Volandis has proved that you can fix something in seven weeks yeah, and change all, the model. Yeah, but
3: we've all erred on the side of caution with everything in our life. And the AFL have probably erred just a little bit more. But like I said... There would be AFL people sitting back right now, and they, they some of them may have watched that game last night and gone, "Wow, what a great product! This is amazing." I'd be jealous. I'd be jealous, but, but again, particularly the players. Come June eleven, they don't care. They've got a date they're working towards. So, as soon as a kick is ball, a kick is bounced in anger, and we start seeing goals and contact, and
2: but commercially, it must be hurting them. Look, I've heard stories well, it's not that commercially hurting them. Well, it them is because they proved that they could
3: actually last longer than rugby league due to their financial commercially,
2: i've heard it's going to cost them in excess of 100 million dollars in broadcast rights this year it costs the nrl about 30 to 40 or 30 to 50 million but we thought but but, but, we we thought it was going to cost the nrl a lot more but, but no the point is it didn't facts are facts it didn't because he acted quickly to get the game back and the other thing was we could have had a competition with 10 teams the afl have got their problems look at geelong they need $10 million just to put a team out back onto the paddock. NRL's got about six or eight clubs to but put I, their but, but, but again, I'm not – but what the leader, Peter Velandis, has done, is he's noticed that and he's had, he's gone, right, okay, I've got to fix this problem because we're going to go broke. The, the teams are going to go broke. In the meantime, I've secured a, a quarter of a million dollars in funding if we need it. I've done that. I, I've got – a broadcast partner who doesn't want to broadcast our games is trying to get out of it. Convince them to stay on till 2022, and extend a contract to Fox to 2027. Yeah. So the game is now even in a better position financially out of this. In the meantime, the AFL done nothing, and I know what you're saying. But they had they had a, they got the opportunity to wait a little bit longer.
3: And so, like I said, if we're talking about this in six or eight weeks' time, we won't care because we're talking about AFL and NRL. It's underway. They're smarter than you and I from a business acumen point of view. Speak for yourself. So when it comes to broadcasting rights, commercial dollar, once the product is back up and running, whatever product it is, AFL, NRL, the droves will start coming back.
2: Bronson Cherry. Um, Two things I want to mention about this, Sats. One, um, jeez. you know, he could be rubbed out for four years. Uh, and secondly, the timing around Asada, mate, what, what are your thoughts on this young man?
3: Uh, well, the young man, Jase, you probably don't know my thoughts around performance-enhancing drugs, especially in, in the sport that I love. I think if you're caught with performance-enhancing drugs at a, at a various level, and I'm talking about it, they do work in levels where it's just a, a basic, whereas marijuana, which is not a stimulant, all the way up to... Anabolic steroids. Uh, I think you should be rubbed out forever. I don't think you should be allowed back in the game. I, if if, oh, if at
2: the top level, or sorry, are you saying it doesn't matter what you have in your system, whether it's marijuana? No, or, I'm saying working oh, on okay. a level. So not social stuff. You're talking about the stuff that enhances. So your if we're, if we're led to believe that Bronson
3: Sherry has four to five substances yep. in his in his body, yep. which should for more reports, out. for more for more reports are. Hardcore anabolic steroids That are used by Some of the Olympic sprinters Ben Johnson In the days of the 80s And the 90s yeah. If it's proven Now you've got to remember They took a urine sample And a blood sample Because they were tipped off And I'm going to talk about this A little bit later on In relation to uh, Off the record With uh, Bronson Sherry But there's a lot more To come Come of this Now if, if his B sample Comes back And it shows the levels That we believe That are in his body I wouldn't allow him Back in the game
2: Um wh- what, what did he have to gain out of doing this? Like, I mean, drug tests are done all the time. T- take us through the drug t- test process. Uh, can, can players be tested all year round at any time? Randomly. Right. Randomly.
3: And uh, you, you could be sitting at home and they knock on your door. And it off, could be a, Christmas Day.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All players in the NRL get tested or is it just luck of the draw?
3: You can do internal testing with your own club and you can test
2: everybody. Okay, wait. So are the sharks not doing their own testing? Well, we don't know. Maybe they are. Do you have to as a club? Well, there are some protocols that they would like you to follow. Given what the sharks have been through previously, wouldn't you think that'd be one of the things that they would do? And
3: and again, I'm coming from a a, a position that's got no knowledge of their processes internally. So they they might be doing internal testing. But if they did, they would have spotted this. Well, no, because they either do... Blanket testing across the whole group, or they might do random testing internally. Now, ASADA, are, they can identify one person, just like a tip-off to the police. Right. They'll put surveillance on someone. There's no difference with ASADA. If they're tipped off, they'll go in and pinpoint a player or players or a playing group, uh, like the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah. You know, There was a whistleblower there that made them focus on the Cronulla Sharks and their peptide scandal. But with uh, Bronson Sherry, the tip that came in was that not only was he involved in a potentially hardcore performance-enhancing drugs, but it's also how it's being supplied. It's the circles that he's dealing in as well. Right. It's uh, access to his phone, the information that comes from that. Right. There's going to be a lot more that's going to come from this. And based on that, um, the 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 doping process or the anti-doping process is, is quite simple, Jace. You could be sitting home in an off-season, they could just knock on your door and you've got to You've got to give a sample. If you refuse to give a sample, it's basically giving a, a guilty a guilty sample. If you take off, it's basically saying you're guilty. Uh, if you um, if you're away on holidays, for example, you don't have to come back, and they take that into account. But randomly, they'll go into a club and just say, listen, uh, whether Asada, we've picked out player 14, 16, 21, and three on their database, not the club's database, and you just randomly have to give a sample, and that's it. And you don't know when they're turning up. Uh, after a game, they'll turn up just before halftime while you're playing and they'll set up. So before the game, you don't know whether they're, they're there to test you as a player. You're walking off at halftime, you'll see them setting up. And then after the game, you don't even get time to get to the end of the tunnel. They are attached to you like a limpet right to your side and say, we're from Asada, this is my name, this is my identification. You've been randomly selected uh, to, give a, to give a urine sample.
1: It's that time for an Off the Bench Friday Night Preview.
2: I can't wait for this, Sats. You I mean, and I both. We're both Rabbitohs supporters. Yep. I mean, your dad is a legend of of the the Mighty Bunnies. Rabbits and Roosters, there's no greater hatred in NRL than these two teams. And I blame the Roosters for that. <laughs> um, how do you see this game tonight? Well, it's probably the only legitimate. We, we
3: try and come up with all these robbery. Rounds or teams that are rivals and we say Bulldogs and Para, and then we say, Oh no, it's it's actually Para and the Dragons. But this is a No, this is, this is true. Hatred. They don't like each other. Absolutely. It dates back to many decades ago, Ron Coote, Elwin Walters going over from the great South sides in the seventies. Stealing out juniors. And then well, South Sydney invited the Eastern Suburbs juniors into their competition because they didn't have a competition, they didn't yeah. have any juniors. So South said, Yeah, no worries. Then the Roosters went and stole Craig Wing. Braith and Aster. Braith and Aster. So we said, you know what, go back to your own competition now. We don't want anything to do with you. So there is a huge divide between both these postcodes, and uh, it'll be no different tonight. Yeah. Many are saying, Jace, this should have been the game that kicked the season off. I don't think we cared what game kicked no. the season off, or restarted the season, I should say. But, yeah, this game is a really interesting one on a number of fronts because the Roosters have got no Latrell, no Cooper Cronk, and where do they find that direction, that leadership? I know they got Boyd Cordner, a lot of senior players. But he's but
2: coming back from a bit of a layoff too. Well,
3: he didn't play the first two no, games, no. Cordner. But Cooper was brought to the club for a reason, hmm. to to break the drought from 2002. And he did that on back-to-back occasions. Latrell Mitchell was a prolific point scorer. Not only was he a great point scorer, he created opportunities for others, line breaks, try, try, uh, try assists, whatever it may be. They've got to find that from somewhere. How do they find that, the Roosters, and maintain that that strong resilience that they've had under the coach of Trent Robinson? Sorry, they won the comp in 2013. Sorry.
2: Yeah, they did mm. too. Um, so just going back, uh, no Cody Walker. Mm. Uh, is that, No is James that, Roberts. No James Roberts. Oh, I don't think that's a great loss. James yeah, Roberts. He hasn't yeah, been in right. form. Um, no Cody Walker is going to be a big loss. He's, yeah. His combination with Reynolds is really good. Um, but... No Cooper and no Latrell Mitchell for the Roosters. Is that a bigger loss? Yeah, or is that even it out?
3: No, 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 no. It's a bigger loss without Cooper and Latrell. Now, young Cole Flanagan's a good little player. Yeah, he's no Cooper Cronk. No. And he's the first to admit that also. Yeah. Um, but Latrell's a huge loss. Just whether you whether you like or dislike the way that Latrell plays, and not, not about him as a person. This is not about, about judging him as a person and his actions, whatever it may be, just purely as a player. Some people like the way he plays. Some people think... Um, think that he's lazy at times, but he creates a lot of points and opportunities. So without Cody Walker, Cody Work- Walker, is, he's their trigger player. The ball will go from Damien Cook to Adam Reynolds. Co- Cody Walker hits the ball at speed, and he's the one that gets things going.
2: How will Latrell go at fullback? He struggled in the first two rounds. Personally, I'd rather see him in the centres and have Johnson at fullback. I think when Johnson came on uh, as a replacement, played fullback, South looked a lot better in attack.
3: I'd start him in the centres. See, they've got they've got young Campbell Graham playing in the centres and Latrell at fullback, Alex Johnson on the wing. I think you'll see at some stage during the game that Johnson will go to fullback, Latrell in the centres, and, and Graham to the wing. Graham to the wing. Yeah. Um, sorry to confuse you all, but in saying that, I would start Latrell in the centres, just get him to get a feel for the game, absolutely, get some contact, get involved really early, yep. and then I think maybe the last fifteen or twenty minutes. Thrown back to fullback, or maybe five ten minutes before half time. Thrown back to fullback. Make those changes. It doesn't disrupt the team too much.
2: No, when, particularly when the opposition's getting a little bit tired as well. Um, I think Sam Burgess is a massive loss uh, for South. In those first two rounds, we missed that uh, that mongrel in the forward pack, and it was all left to Cameron M- Murray to be the skillful attacking player. Uh, that's a little big burden on Cam Murray, and he doesn't really get a break. Um, who can fill Sam Burgess's shoes? Well,
3: no one can fill Sam Burgess's shoes, but you can have players that are willing to step up to attempt to do that just through pure aggression. Liam Martin is that player. He's he's a raw bone front rower, and he'll try and play that role, that you know, the villain role. Everyone, yeah. Every four pack's got to have a villain, and Sam Burgess was that. I think Liam Martin's at a stage of his career when he's ready to, to grab that mantle and try and attempt to to play that role.
2: All right, going to be a good game tonight, 7.55. You can catch it on Fox NRL and, of course, on the radio. Uh, That is our Friday night preview. Thanks to Hastings Deering, the best cat equipment, parts and service and technology. Uh, Hastings Deering, your advantage. And Bob Jane T. Martz, tyre and wheel specialist. This is Off The Bench. More in a moment. You're listening to Off The Bench. And for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Deering.
1: Your Advantage and Bob Jane T-Mart's Tyre and Wheel Specialists will be back soon. We're back. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tyre and Wheel Specialists and for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering. Your Advantage.
2: All righty. Time to get a Racing Queensland update with uh, Chris Nelson. And, Chris, the Carnival continues this weekend. Some big races.
0: Yes, some big races, Jason. We've got uh, four listed races. We've got two group races. As we get into uh, the nitty-gritty of the carnival, we've got, uh, of course, the Stradbroke uh, JJ Atkins Group 1 Double next Saturday at Eagle Farm. But for this week, we're at Doombin, and we'll be racing under, uh, I'd say fine conditions, just a slight chance of a shower, but uh, I doubt it'll even arrive, and we'll be going around on a good surface.
3: We shouldn't complain, Chris, should we? we just be lucky that we've got some sport... To watch and also well, yeah. uh, celebrate with, yeah. But you didn't celebrate last week, and nor did I, and nor, nor did, did I. Jason no. with the uh, the tips no. that you gave us. So, is there anything at value worth looking at this weekend?
0: And Sats, I really appreciate you bringing that up too. That's uh, very <laughs> kind of you. But we'll see if we can uh, we we'll see if we can make amends this week. I am I am a lot more confident this week than I was last week. So let's hope that uh, turns into something. I think there's a couple a couple there at value, or at least. Uh, uh, well, yeah, two at value. Race five, number four, Celestial Falls. Mark Newnham trains uh, at Warwick Farm. Now, I like the first start run recently at Randwick. Just uh, figures to get a good run. There's a couple of good chances at the top of the page here. Rocker Clock and Vanagel, but they draw wide gates. So they might end up anywhere in the run. Whereas this one, gone nicely, should roll forward and settle in the first, uh, probably two or three. So Celestial Falls at around that $5 mark. And race seven, number four, another dollar. Uh, Chris Waller trains this one. She's a mare that uh, seems to be back in form. She's run second and first her last couple, and she has raced really well here in the past she, in her 3-year-old year she was running behind Youngstar up here in uh, Oaks and Derbies and etc. She performed very well on those occasions and she looks to be back somewhere near that form and she's around the $5, $5.50 mark. So those two at value. But if you want my very very best of the day and I'll ask you do you actually want it or would you rather no, be we do, on yeah. Yes, I we do, do want
2: it. Yes, we do.
0: Well We'll get the money early. Race one, number 10, Gin and Bitters. Four starts, three wins. The only defeat came last time out in a listed race at the Sunshine Coast. Back in a much easier affair tomorrow. Claim for the jockey. Rolls forward. Tick, tick, tick. Hopefully goes boom when we collect the money.
2: <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks. That's Chris Nelson from uh, Racing Queensland. With the help of Sky Racing, a tab race at your place. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Good luck, everyone.
1: On Off The Bench, a Thursday night NRL review.
2: Yeah, well, the Thursday night review. Eels 34, Broncos 6. Uh, disappointing crowd at Suncorp, zero. <laughs> I really thought I thought more people might turn up in Brisbane on a Thursday night. No, Obviously no crowds to COVID. Um, Sats, thoughts on the game? The Eels were electric, weren't they? Yeah, they were amazing.
3: It was a frantic pace, an absolutely frantic pace. And I was, it would surprise me some of the real big men for both sides, Payne Haas, Junior Paulo, just to name a couple, they stayed out there for really long stints. And I'm pretty sure their coaches would have wanted them to, just to get them through some game time, much needed game time. And um, the the pace that was set by the Parramatta Eels really early on, it surprised me at halftime though they should have been either leading by 20 or behind by ten mm. because the Broncos blew two tries. Darius Boyd, Anthony Milford, they did score one try, but outside of that, it was a first-class performance from a team who's obviously adapted to the new rule change better than the, the Broncos. They looked really, they look like they're deer in the headlights a little bit with the new the new changes. The Broncos, where the Parramatta Eels, who I might add, are massive. They are a massive side that are they're big, they're quick, they're agile, they're skillful. They have targets all over the field. They proved last night why they should be one of the competition favourites. I know it's only early, but mm. just the style of footy they played—yeah, equally impressive.
2: Um, yeah, the defence of the Broncos on that left-hand side wasn't too good, was it?
3: Well, they—they were—they were trying to put as much pressure as possible on Jamil Hopperwadi. He's only played three, a, yeah, three first-grade games. games. Yeah, yeah. Brodie Croft, who is not a a renowned, experienced halfback at the moment. Then you got Katoni Stags, who's only very new to playing week in, week out rugby league. Although he's on he's, report too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, although he was back of the year last year for the Broncos, they worked on that inexperience on that yeah. on their left hand side, Parramatta's left hand side, Broncos' right hand side, and they got they got results. They and the new rule change, the six to go. Oh, amazing! Two tries scored off it. It um, the speed, Quickened the game, up. and Parramatta Eels were prepared for it as soon as they got a six-again call. They changed directions. They brought people straight back up through the middle where the ruck was. And the first six-again call, which was like three minutes into the game, um, Murata near scores the first try. Uh, Amazing. So everything was positive.
2: It's funny you say that. The Parramatta Eels looked better prepared for it Broncos didn't look prepared for it. so Offered nothing in attack. Yeah, absolutely nothing. All righty-o, uh, time for our Hot Topic now. Hot Topic time on Off the Bench. Get connected with Southern Phone. Amazing new mobile SIM deals are available now from Southern Phone. All right, well, the Hot Topic is after last night's performance um, with the referee Sutton. Um, what did you think of the one, ref?
3: Loved it. I've always been a fan of the one ref, and yep, you've, you've heard for the last couple yep. of weeks, myself and Gary Belcher argue at nauseum where he hates the one referee. I, I love it. I've always thought the referees, although the game is is a lot faster now, I would argue that it's faster, actually. I think it's You're far, arguing with yourself. Yeah, I think it's far more structured now. Yep. I think there's so much wrestle in the play of the ball that it forces the game to probably slow down a little bit and become a little bit predictable. So this is forces the game to be... One referee, the six again call, They've, we've put in mechanisms around helping the one referee. The captain's challenge, the six again call, the touch judges are now referees, full-time referees, the bunker as well. well. What it does to it creates creativity and spontaneity, and that's exactly what it did. I'm a huge fan of the one referee, always have been, loved it in the international games, never seen a problem with it. And I think in 2021 we'll see it
2: stay. Let's uh, let's do a full report card by the end of the weekends. Our performance of the week is on the way next. You're
1: listening to Off the Bench,
2: and for the best
1: cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Theory, your advantage. And Bob Jane T-Marts, tire and wheel specialists. We'll be back soon. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mars, tyre and wheel specialists, and for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage.
2: Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench with Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews. RMHC houses are a key resource for families of seriously ill children who need somewhere to stay, whilst their children are undergoing treatments, the Ronald McDonald House is badly in need of financial support. Now this pandemic has massively affected so many people and the charity has felt the effects. It's at the point that they need our support to help to keep the doors open. There are numerous ways we can do this Sats. We can purchase a hand sanitizer from a restaurant with 100% of profits going to Ronald McDonald House Charities. Every large coffee purchase during Ronald McDonald House Charity Week will have money donated to the RMHC or voluntary donations when purchasing anything at a Macca's during RMHC week, uh, through the drive through through the restaurant, or even uh, in-store, okay? So make sure you do uh, support this wonderful charity.
1: Who gets a mention in our Off the Bench Performance of the Week?
2: All right, Sats, your Performance of the Week goes to... Bernard Sutton. Wasn't he fantastic?
3: Amazing. Yes, he's... Re- He's refereed before in one-referee situations in international matches. But there was so much pressure on him being the first cab off the rank Thursday night in the game, para and Broncos, that he was on a hiding to nothing, to be quite honest. But the way that he was managed before the game, obviously, the expectation, the way that he officiated the game, the way he let it flow due to the new rules, he didn't try and... I thought they would have drawn a line in the sand, the referees, and sin-binned a couple of players just to make a stance for the rest of the season and the new rules working. But he just let the game flow. He allowed the rules to to basically build an image for ourselves. He he didn't play any part. And as I said earlier on, everything about the Thursday night game was perfect, unless you're a Broncos supporter. The only thing that wasn't there was controversy, and that's what we want. So I'm going to say great performance. um,
2: I didn't even notice him. I didn't even see him. You what, know what I mean? That, it was Bernard Br- Sutton, wasn't it? I, yeah, I get
3: them both mixed up.
2: Yeah, it was. Yep. I, yeah. Um, the other one for me, Fox's coverage on Thursday night was outstanding. Yep. I love the crowd. Uh, the shots were really tight as well. thought the commentary was, was spot on. I mean, I'm a fan of Vossi. I'm, I'm a massive fan yeah, he's of a good caller. Uh, I just thought that was done. And they just keep reinventing the way the game is done. So yep. well, well done to Fox. Uh, money well spent. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> hey, listen. During the week on our Sports Day program, you and Badge had a chat with one of the legends of the game. His book came out this week, uh, the life and uh, the big O, the life and times of Olsen Um, mate. He talked footy, he talked life, but what I loved was when you guys went back to nineteen eighty-five.
4: But what a yeah. significant year it was at, at at international level. You play for the Kiwis up against the Aussies, three-test series now. We spoke about this last week with Patrick. After <laughs> after the first game, um, you were you got a bit dirty with the king because he, he did he brush you after the game.
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, I would like um, so like of agree to disagree, but yeah, he, I um, I watched them in the State of Origin series and actually became a big fan of us because you know I just wanted to meet the bloke. And I eventually worked out why New South Wales kept on calling him Wilder Wanker. It so like I could <laughs> hear on, on the TV. <laughs> and, and I realized realised what the bloke could actually do on the field. You know, when New South I don't know how many times New South Wales thought they had a series one or had a game one. wanted did come out and just do something, you know, no one else could do except him. And before you know it, New South Wales lose. And uh, when I played them in 1985 at Lang Park back then, the first test, I said, right, what a great opportunity I could meet, meet the, you know, the famous Wally Lewis. And uh, we went behind the after the match function and all that. We went back under the grandstand and, you know, just uh, meet, you know, have a few drinks and meet up with the players. And all that. so I, I beamed Wally Lewis and worked straight to him. I just went straight to him. I wanted to meet him, and I said, Oh, Wally Olsen's for the point, I put my hand out and he whacked it away, and I'm going, what the F? That thing here, and, um, you know, I walked off shattered, and I'm going, well, you know, I'm going to make you the, you know, your nightmare come true. You, you I couldn't understand why he did it, and um, that was more or less the motivation I needed to uh, actually outplay the bloke over those three test because of uh, what happened.
4: And you did. You played amazing footy and uh, it's, it's a great read in the book. I won't yeah. give everything away but I actually spoke to you about that at a kangaroos reunion a few years ago. Uh, yeah, that's and right. You, and did, did you patch things up with Wally that day?
5: <laughs> Apparently according to Patrick, it's the longest rugby league shoot ever. He This was <laughs> probably a couple, years, a couple of years back and he said it's 31 years you know, and so obviously it'd be close to 35, or I'm not too sure, that
3: I've never spoken to them or each
4: other. Wow.
3: Hey, you talk about the, the physical aspect of the game, Olsen, and, and training and how you didn't like training at all, but was it more about tapping into your emotional side that made you that made you play at your best? And, and is that why Graham Lowe was, was such a special coach to you and, and some of your other Kiwi players?
5: Yeah, that's exactly right, because Gary... Um, sorry, Gary, because uh, Graham... He, uh, he, he, no, he had coached us before and he knew us through club games over in New Zealand. Yep. And he could put us in positions like, like he put he put me at 5'8", where I'd never played there before. And he, and he just... Um, I didn't find out later that he had gone to my mother and said to me, I'm going to play Olsen at 5'8". Mar- um, I'll be marking the top player, you know, Wally, blah, blah. How do you think it will go? put him there. He'll play good because if he does not I'm going to clip his ears. I don't know that and everything else but <laughs> he could put players in positions like, you know, I can un- bump off and unload and that's why he had James Littlewhite, the finisher yep. and everything else but he knew he didn't have to do much motivating with us because we knew each other's play that, that well that, um, you know, he didn't have to say much. It, it's probably the same as you guys have know, with teams and players, you know what exactly what they're going to do and you just follow them regardless of what happens or what time during the game they're doing it. You know they're going to do something, make a break, unload a ball if it's a forward and that's the thing that Graham Lowe did with us in that uh, 85 series and he could, he, he knew he could uh, rely on me because he's uh, seen me play and he basically didn't say anything to me because he believed in me and and he knew that I would, uh, you know, give him my best regardless of what, what had happened in Australia and everything else. And likewise
3: with Frank Stanton and all that. Yeah, they were very disciplined, weren't they? Frankie Stanton and, and Dennis Tuddy, those, sort of, yeah. those sort of coaches. Yeah, mm. yeah that's you, right. You know, sorry, in the years that you've watched rugby league since retiring...
4: Well, look, mate, the the, uh, the book, is a, it's a great read. Was there Was there something in the book that you didn't... That you learned from uh, from Patrick Skeen, writing it, that uh, you didn't really know about, you know, yourself or your background.
5: Yeah, a lot of it, mainly on my background, because I've been over, I've been over it for so long, and as a kid, I've only heard about little bits and pieces. Of what my grandmother to say about my um, cultural side of my Maori and Samoan side, and it wasn't until Patrick started writing the book that you know it was like a big puzzle that to me and I finally, you know, um, when we travelled around New Zealand and it all started to come together, what my grandmother and my grandparents had said to me and my parents had told me about the Māori side and the Samoan side. So I'd say, yeah, it was really, really good in that way for me because um, that was the thing that I really missed.
4: Well, you've done them, you them all know, proud, and,
5: mate. Um, all that.
4: Yeah, well, you've done them all proud. Uh, your, your heritage, your culture, the Polynesian people. Absolutely, and it's an outstanding read. It's available on bookshops, uh, on bookshelves as of tomorrow. The big O, the life and times of Olsen Philippiner. And, and Olsen, uh, it, was a, yeah, it was a pleasure playing against you, mate. Uh,
5: thanks, Scott. Thanks, Jerry Thanks very much, gentlemen.
1: You're listening to Off The Bench. And for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Theory. Your advantage. And Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back soon. back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mars, tyre and wheel specialists, and for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage.
2: Yeah, you got Sats, uh, Jason Matthews here, time for Off The Bench to go off the record, Choices Flooring, floors for living sale, now on Sats.
3: Off the record, and don't tell anyone, Uh, but based on the Bronson Sherry Positive A sample for uh, the drug test from Asada. The NRL were tipped off back in October by another party, of course. And there are some interesting people involved in this whole affair that sit outside of the rugby league as well and some that sit inside rugby league still. So watch this space. Lots
2: of questions around that, Sats. Mm -hmm. When do you reckon we might hear more? I think uh, not until after the B sample. Okay. Choices Flooring Floors for Living Sale is on now. Enjoy big savings on carpet, hard flooring, blinds and rugs.
1: The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our off-the-bench footy
2: tips. Alrighty, mate. Warriors versus Dragons. I'm going the Warriors. I think they've...
3: Would have been able to really amalgamate during this time together, so I think they would have built up pretty something
2: pretty special. Warriors. Okay, uh, the Sharks versus West Tigers toughest one to pick
3: this week, but I'm picking the Sharks for whatever reason. I just don't know.
2: Gee, I'm looking forward to this game. Oh, Storm and the Raiders. How is you thought the Roosters and the Rabbitohs is good? What about this? Hard enough to beat at
3: Amy Park anyway. Raiders have got to travel every weekend. Uh, I'm going to take Storm.
2: But mate, it's going to be interesting after this round is finished. How many home teams win?
3: Well, there's not a lot of home teams well, to say. But yeah.
2: yeah, and no crowds. So mm. oh, I reckon it makes it pretty level. In fact, in the first round of the AFL, I think all the away teams won. It was it was absolutely incredible. Something you
3: know? both teams can connect with is the fans, whether mm. they're away fans or not. But so when you go to Amy Park, for example, and there's a heap of fans there, you go, this is great. When you go to an empty stadium at a ground you're not used to, you go, I feel a bit lonely here.
2: Four o'clock Sunday, Ave Panthers versus Knights.
3: I'm going to take the Knights because of no Nathan Cleary and because of the Knights no Kaelan Ponga, but just because of Mitchell Pearce.
2: Nathan Cleary hanging out with uh, six cheerleaders from yep. the Penrith Panthers. Mm-hmm. No Good doubt. on him. Seagulls versus Bulldogs. Seagulls. Yeah, Des, you'll have them primed. All righty, there have it. Uh, that's our tips for the remainder of the weekend.
1: Before we go on off the bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports?
2: All righty. Before we go, we've got about uh, thirty something seconds here. What are you looking forward to this weekend? I'm looking forward to putting on five kilos
3: this weekend, and that involves pizza, nachos, (laughs) um, lots of footy, yeah, chocolate,
2: yeah,
3: eight games across the weekend. Cannot wait. Will not move from the couch other than calling the games for NRL NRL Nation.
2: You know, I'm a bit like you, mate. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the more footy part, Mm -hmm. but also nude gardening uh, because it's nude gardening day this weekend. So, are you serious? Yeah. if you've got it, flaunted, I say. So that's what I'm looking oh. forward to. This has been Off the Bench uh, for it. the best cat equipment, parts and service. Hastings, Deering your advantage. And great to have our mates from uh, Bob Jane Team Arts back on board as well uh, for Ty and wheel specialists. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye.